Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. want an investigation into how a Spanish-owned trawler with sick crew who had been diagnosed with coronavirus were allowed to dock and unload fish in Castletown Bear last month. Patrick Murray of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation joins me. Good morning to you, Patrick. Good morning, Patricia. Nice uh, to be talking to you. Well, and great to be talking to you. I suppose just by way of background, when and how did your organisation and indeed the good people at Castletown Bear find out about this incident, find out that there had actually been people with COVID-19 on that particular trawler? It was actually reported in Spain, Patricia. Um, it was the skipper I had to go to hospital when they uh, landed in Spain. And uh, the rest of the crew were tested, and out of the crew, uh, I think seven were asymptomatic, and one they believe had recovered uh, during the journey. And it transpired that uh, they had been this individual crewman had been sick, leaving port, leaving Spain, developed symptoms, but uh, not enough for the skipper to deem that it was warranted to turn around and go back to, to Spain. You know, he kept fishing, and of course, no way of testing him while he was out out at sea. No, no, a very dangerous situation to be honest with you, because. Uh, Without the proper medical facilities on board, we, we see how many people have passed. And, and uh, I'd like to pause and offer my condolences to all the people who have lost members and family members in this um, crazy time that we're facing at the moment, you know. But, uh, yeah, like if you don't have the proper facilities on board the boat, you could actually have a, a fatality, you know. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a risky job at the best of times. So for this, on top of it, it really shows the dangers of what fishermen face, regardless of what country they're coming from, you know. We also know how contagious, the one thing we do know about coronavirus is how contagious it is. Oh, well, look, sure, um, out of the crew of 15, I think that was on board, uh, more than half got the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. So that'll tell you how dangerous it is on board a vessel, you know. And all fishing boats, am I right in saying that they must make a full declaration about the health of their crew before docking? Yes, but not only that, Patricia, I was asking our own members now what is the protocol for them if one of their crewmen shows signs and symptoms of, of having any illness or, or coronavirus, especially at these times, they actually are duty to bound contact the Coast Guard, inform them of, of the situation and take direction from them. And then they come in, uh, they go to the mooring, they don't go to the to the pier wall unless instructed, and they're uh, wait for the authorities to come and, and take it from there, you know. But that's for, is that only for, for Irish Irish boats? Irish boats. Well, that's, yeah, that's not like, the same, though, for, for French or, or Spanish trawlers. Well, we don't, I don't know. You see, that's why the investigation is why we were looking for, it's a strong word, but we have to learn from events that happen. If we don't learn from the events that happen and we don't have the full answers to what happened, then, of course, this could happen again and we don't learn from it and we don't put in the necessary safeguards mm-hmm. if, if they're required. So that's what we were looking for, was to find out the missing links of information that were there. So to put it in context, it's very simple. Look, if that crewman got sick leaving Spain, he was fishing for two to three weeks, and in that time he passed on the coronavirus, we assume, to the rest of his crewmates. But that boat continued to fish, and then it landed in Ireland with sick crew members, regardless of asymptomatic. They would have been able to transfer the virus to anybody ashore if they came in contact with them. So it's something that had to be looked at 
closer. But I, I'm happy to say that I've heard that there's been an awful lot more stringent measures put into Castletown Bear now and proper barriers and everything put in place. So, you know, uh, that is a, that is a good outcome of this. And the best outcome, to be honest with you, Patricia, was there was no fatalities on board that Spanish boat because, look, we're all fishermen, same fraternity. Nobody wants to see anybody going to sea, regardless of where they're from, um, in those dangerous positions, you know. And according to the skipper, the crew didn't go ashore. So can we take some comfort from that? Well, that's it. But you see, if even if somebody else went on board the boat and you know how easy it is to transfer, it could be on a fish box or anything like that. We Look, we wanted safer protocols to be put in place. If that was the case that that skipper owner or, or, or the, the master of the vessel had informed our own uh, health services here that there was a potential case, he wouldn't have come to the pier. He would have gone to the mooring first. And then they would have been tested, you know. Another extra safeguard would have been put in place. And look, that's what people are looking for in the, in the coastal communities. There isn't one case of coronavirus in the Bear Peninsula at the moment. Not and, one. And that's, that's, the way, that's, that's the way we want to keep it. Absolutely. So, like, just to put it in context, Patricia, there are 1,500 landings of foreign vessels into Castletown Bear. So we've no issue with boats landing in Castletown Bear. We never had. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's not the... the the friendliest thing that you can be looking at if you're tied to the pier yourself. But that aside, that means an average of 10 crewmen per vessel. That's 30 a week. That's 300 individuals. And there's around 30 to 40 lorries coming. So that's 340 people would be visiting the port of Castletown Bear from foreign countries, regardless whether they come in a lorry or in a fishing boat. And that's an enormous amount of numbers of people that you would want to have proper protocols in place to deal with any suspect case of coronavirus in, in our communities, you know. And the, But surely those numbers are not as high during a pandemic? Oh, they are, yeah. There's, there's even more now landings in the Castletown Bear, I'd say. At the present time, there's a lot of Spanish boats, there's 40 to 50 Spanish boats just fishing off our coastline. But, um, but, the, but the, are, are our Irish fishermen boats not tied up? They are, yeah. So we have huge numbers because I, I was looking at and I, I was I was it was I was baffled by it yesterday. I was looking at photographs of the amount of trawlers and ships off the Irish coast, and they're all Spanish and French. That's right. And so they then land there. Are they? Uh, how many of them would then would be landing in Castletown there? Well, as I said, around fifteen hundred a year has been consistent now with the last number of years landings in the year, and um, and they're an sending they're sending land. the fish back to Spain. Straight back in the Spanish lorry. A Spanish lorry comes, picks up the fish, brings food for the vessel from the Spanish lorry, gives it to their boat and the crew, and loads the fish, turns around and heads home. For sale in the Spanish market. And the mar- Spanish market, yeah. yeah. And is there? And what about Irish fish? Does nobody want Irish fish at the moment? What's the problem? Well, you see, if, 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 if there's enough Spanish vessels catching enough fish to supply their own market, then there isn't room for our Irish boats to land into Spain, you know. But we have, in fairness, the co-op has a good relationship with one of the supermarkets in Spain. And that's a lifeline at the moment, like there's a bit of fish going out there. But in the overall markets, uh, no, very little. In France, now there's fierce controversy with the last number of weeks where Spanish um, fishermen have said they don't want to see any other uh, European fish coming in, regardless. They only want their own boats to supply their own markets and have put pressure according to the reports now, that uh, put pressure on the people who are buying the fish to only buy French fish, you know. But they can't do that in an open market. 
well, they seem to be managing it at the moment. Like uh, we have our own domestic market here too, and we were trying to get people to eat fresh fish. I was just going to say that's what we need to start really doing. Start and making sure it's Irish fish. Well, if you if it's fresh, if it's not in a container, you can be assured that it's fresh. That it's you know, and it's up in the counter and it's out with the spade. And chances are that it will be Irish caught, Irish landed, Irish boats fish. You know, and look, it's a fantastic product. I, I eat a lot of it myself, and I don't see that it's that dear. To be honest with you, in the greater scheme of things, you'd see the family there for ten or fifteen euros. Like, there is no waste in it. You, yeah, what you buy yeah. now is no bones or nothing. It's all filleted better than it ever was before. You know, it's fantastic and comes off our boats fresh, landed into our ports. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm bewildered why we don't eat more fish, to be honest with you, especially when I go out... As an island island. nation, it's it's one thing that has always baffled me, why we don't eat as much fish. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it, it, I was talking to a girl, actually, from Spain, um, Patricia, and she said that in Spain, just before the dinner hours during the day and at night time when they eat late, you will see loads of ads of fish. Loads. Like, so... You're, you're programming your population. Look, this is a fantastic food. No contaminants, no ingredients added to it, no uh, chemicals, nothing. Just straight from the sea, fresh, and uh, it's the best food you can eat, as far as I'm concerned, you know. Nothing added to it, just perfectly natural. And uh, that's why they do it. And look, they have good health service over there. But if you've got a, a population that's eating healthy food, then it helps and reduce sickness. That's proven, you know. No mm. additive, no nothing. So, oh, the me- it's isn't it part of the Mediterranean diet? They eat so much there fish. There you go. Yeah, and they yeah. they all live uh, long, happy lives. That's got- it. That's it. Uh, and we've got we've got restaurants closed. We've got hotels closed. We've a tourist market that's decimated for for twenty twenty. A lot of fish would have gone into that market. Oh, absolutely! Uh, look, uh, our fishing fleet. I don't think have space. We we were worried about Brexit, and we were, you know, that we were going to lose fishing grounds and everything else. But sure, we don't have markets now for our fish. We, there's 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 the fleet is over catching what we need um, in our domestic market. So if the foreign markets won't take the fish, and their own fleets are catching Irish fish and Irish waters and supplying those markets, it's uh, it's an uphill battle, really. You know, it's um, we were delighted to hear that the minister. Um, brought in a tie-up scheme mightn't be enough money in it yet but we have to sit down and negotiate with that because a fishing boat just by tying to the pier wall doesn't mean that it doesn't incur any cost insurance is 40 to 50,000 maintenance for the boat um, even the ship to shore communications is so much a month boats are so modern now they have to, the engines have to be kept running or onshore heating because you have maybe 20, 30,000 worth of um, equipment inside in your wheelhouse that has to be kept dry and warm, you know, mm. and, and maintained. So there's massive cost with, with just even owning a boat. You know, you have to paint her every year. Now, regardless, you have to go out of the water. You have to allow for that cost to be broken down during the year. You know, you won't make that. And the worst thing is that this time of the year now would be the best three months. It's the time to make your money, isn't it? Yeah, like they, they've made very, very little now in yeah. In December, January and February with the bad weather, like so it was a double whammy is, is, is the way I describe it. Would you be day. would you be fearful that some might not survive, Patrick? Very fearful, Patricia, yeah. to be honest with you. In, and we've seen decimation in our fleet in the last 10 years, looking at the report that a minister put out himself, you know, from the Marine Institute. We had 280 vessels over 18 metres. That's all our fleet was. That's down to 130 now on the live register. So we've already lost 150 boats over 18 metres in uh, 10 years. So, like, 
there isn't much more to lose. We won't have a fishing fleet, to be honest with you, if things keep going the way they're going. You see Baltimore, where I fish from. There's very little big boats down there. There's one or two families just keeping it going. Would you believe it? There's only two owned, family-owned boats left in, in Holt, in Dublin. You know, oh my God, an, an, air, an area that was always yeah. had so the family-owned. Yeah. Skull is another area now. There's yeah. very few boats there. Lads that are just struggling to, to keep going. Like, you know, it's in them and they won't give up. You know, but it's really, really hard now for fishermen to... to it's so expensive to keep boats going and cost of diesel and everything else to go out there. And look, these lads, I have the most respect for them. They go out and they risk their lives regardless. You know, I know the COVID virus and we have frontline people, but these lads are bringing in food on the front line all the time. And people, you know, they see the gales, they see the storms. We, we're seeing it worse and worse and worse. And the way that we fish in this country and give out the quota, if you don't catch it in the month, you can't carry it forward to the next month. So you've lost it. So if you don't get out in that month, that's one twelfth of your earnings gone. Yeah, you know? it's a crazy and, system. Like, it's it's always been a crazy system. Absolutely. All right. Okay, uh, Patrick, and uh, back to the issue that you we invite you to join us on about this Spanish boat. Is there any talk of an investigation into that incident? Well, I, I'm hoping there is, you see. Look, we have to be mindful as well, too, that we land in their ports and they land in our ports. And look, we share the waters and it is a shared resort. We mightn't agree with the share uh, amount, definitely don't but you know these lads are fishing the same as our lads are fishing here it's not in their gift or their control to give more take more so we have to work together you know so we'd hate for the Spanish newspapers to think that we were looking for investigations for a different subject altogether this is purely and utterly about the safety and health of our coastal communities one case could spark a pandemic right across our bare peninsula. Like, isn't that how it came into this country? It was one exactly. person brought it in and, and, and look where we're at now. Exactly. OK, listen, uh, Patrick, uh, stay safe. And if we can just get the message out to everybody for this week, just for one dinner this week, change what you are planning to have for your family meal and get out there and buy some fresh fish. And, 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 and if we all do that. And once you have it, I guarantee you. Look, yeah, it's, come it's back again. Cheaper. Yeah, yeah, look, we're at home. It's cheaper. The food is cheaper. What you, it, it's maybe a third of the price, you know, that you pay in a restaurant. And look, we know why because of the overheads and the staff inside in restaurants. But this is an opportunity now that you can try it, and it doesn't have to be that complicated, you know. Bit of flour into the pan, bit of butter, and away you go. There he's even giving you. us the recipe. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, Patrick. Stay safe. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that. Bye bye. Bye bye, Patrick uh, Murphy there of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation. Eat some fish this week, folks. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.